The living entity is exactly like a dog who, overcome with hunger, goes from one door to uh, from one door to door for some food. Uh, according to his testimony, he sometimes receives punishment and is driven out, and at other times receives a little food to eat. Similarly, the living entity, being influenced by so many desires, wanders in different species of life according to his destiny. Sometimes he is high and sometimes he is low. Sometimes he goes to the heavenly planets, sometimes to hell, sometimes to the middle planets, and so on. The living entity's position is here in likened to a dog's. By chance, a dog may have a very rich owner, and by chance, he may become a street dog. As the dog of a rich man, he will live very opulently. Sometimes in Western countries, we hear of a master leaving millions of dollars to a dog in his will. Of course, there are many dogs loitering in the street without food. Therefore, to liken the conditional existence of the living entity to that of a dog is very appropriate. An intelligent human being, however, can understand that if he has to live the life of a dog, he had best become Krishna's dog. In the mature world, a dog is sometimes elevated and is sometimes on the street, but in the spiritual world, Krishna's dog is perpetually, eternally happy. Srila Bhaktivinoda Kaur has therefore sung Vaishnava Kaur Tumala Kukura in this way, Bhaktivinoda Kaur offers to become a Vaishnava's dog. A dog always keeps himself at his master's door and does not allow any person unfavourable to the master to enter. <clears throat> Similarly, one should engage in the service of a Vaishnava and try to please him in every respect. Unless one does so, he does not make spiritual advancement. <clears throat> Apart from spiritual advancement, in the material world, if one does not develop his qualities in goodness, he cannot be promoted to the higher planetary system, as confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 14.18. Bhutvam vichanti sattvasta majyetistanti rajasa Chakanya Gunabritishta Adhogitanti Tamsa. Those situated in the mode of goodness gradually go upward to the higher planets. Those in the mode of passion live on the earthly planets, and those in the mode of ignorance go down to the hellish worlds. There are many varieties of life in the different planetary systems, and these come about due to the living entities developing his qualities in goodness, passion and ignorance. If one is in goodness, he is promoted to the higher systems. If in passion, 
he remains in the middle systems, and if in ignorance, he's pushed down to the lower species of life. So this verse, of course, and, uh, especially as we've seen in the last part of Sri Prabhupada's paragraph, uh, third part, that uh, uh, this section, the Rada Muni, is again uh, explaining uh, the topics of the nature of the living entity's uh, conditional life uh, in this material world and how the living entity can become disentangled and go back to the spiritual world and enjoy life eternally there. So these topics have been described and the last few verses are explaining how the living entity is in uh, under the modes of material nature Sattva, Tamas and uh, Rajas uh, is taking birth in different species of life in higher positions middle positions or lower positions. So, uh, <coughs> this in, in the back of the Gita, when Krishna describes uh, the modes of material nature, um, so in the 13th chapter he describes how the living entity comes in contact with the modes of material nature <coughs> and becomes conditioned by them. Uh, and that was that verse of Bhagavatam was mentioned a few verses ago, that verse of Bhagavad Gita. And then in that 13th chapter, uh, we see one becomes conditioned by associating with nature. Then in the 14th chapter, Krishna speaks about the modes of material nature in more detail. And he says uh, this to Arjuna. I shall declare to you this supreme wisdom, the best of all knowledge, none of which all the sages have attained the supreme destination. He says, by becoming fixed in this knowledge, one can attain to the transcendental nature like my own, Thus established, one is not born at the time of creation or disturbed at the time of dissolution. So this, uh, here Krishna is describing the best of knowledge. In other words, uh, he's giving Arjuna, as explained in the uh, the purport, that um, Prabhupada says, the knowledge explained in this chapter is proclaimed by the Supreme Lord to be superior to the knowledge given so far in other chapters. By understanding this knowledge, various great sages attain perfection and transfer to the spiritual world. The Lord now explains the same knowledge in a better way. And this knowledge is far, far superior to all other processes of knowledge thus far explained. And none of this many attain perfection. So, uh, sometimes um, when we hear these 
topics where the modes of material nature in one sense um, it's easy to make the mistake that we're adhering to something inferior that, but actually Krishna is saying the reverse because uh, in the Bhagavad Gita we see that Krishna has explained uh, that he has different energies he has the material energy uh, that, that is his energy which he is controlling there's the marginal energy which is the living entity as you arrive and uh, that he himself is uh, the personality of God in the course of everything material and spiritual. So then, here, he's giving greater detail uh, of the nature of his material energy. Um, <clears throat> previously, he's also explained uh, about his different opulences in the 10th chapter, the 10th chapter. And he's also revealed his universal form in the eleventh chapter. So we we have discussed um, the different energies of the Lord in principle. And when we come to this uh, chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, the fourteenth chapter, he's explaining exactly how the material energy works. So it's more detailed uh, knowledge. He's explaining the same thing, but going into it with more detail and expanding upon it. And it's discussing how. So this is very, the point is, is very very confidential knowledge. Uh, and although it's a basic understanding for most devotees, um, it's very hard to discuss these things uh, with with non devotees. Um, so in previous verses, it's describing how someone may take birth in a position where they're a higher position and someone takes birth where in a lower position and someone may be somewhat in between. Uh, so in this world you can't say to someone that this person is higher and this person is lower <laughs> without offending everyone, isn't it? See? So even, even just that basic understanding, you have to take a step back and understand that uh, you know, that, that's just unacceptable uh, you know. and um, you know, the, in, in fact generally when people who are many people who don't like religious topics um, <coughs> there, there's a common you know, uh, thing that they will all say is that who is this person who dares to tell me what choices I can make? Yeah. <coughs> That's a, so that that really offends them. That they're really offended by it. You know, how dare you? You have your faith. Tell me what I can eat. What I can, what sort of work I will do, uh, what sort of sexual behaviour I will have, and, uh, and um, so that. Uh, so, in other words, if you make an attempt to classify anything in this world, something is better 
and what another person is doing, then you have a problem. But actually, you know, the material energy works according to that nature. Uh, I was having a chat with my, uh, one of my daughters yesterday, who uh, she's at work in critical care in um, Royal Melbourne Hospital. And uh, of course, and her partner is a, a doctor. But, um, so of course, they often have discussions. Uh, he is from an Orthodox um, you know, Christian background, and she's not a Christian. <laughs> and uh, so, because a lot of people ask her, how do we discuss this situation in the world? Because you know, what do you say? <coughs> you, know, you can't bring up religion, and you can't. You know, say that someone is doing something wrong, like that. Uh, <coughs> but um, actually, every Prabhupada, uh, you know, we can put it in a very simple term that Prabhupada uh, says everything in this world can be categorized into three. Uh, something is good. Or correct, something is bad, and something is with a little So, no one can deny that. So, for instance, you know, <coughs> if someone is in the, um, um, you know, they have uh, orchards and they grow uh, oranges. So, there are people who know that there are certain better trees than others, give more juicy fruits, you know, and um, certain soils which are superior and certain soils which are inferior. And then there are certain climates which are superior and certain climates which are inferior. So it's just common sense. And they will tell you straight out that if you want to grow good oranges, nice and juicy, in abundance, these are the superior things, these are inferior, and these are a bit of a mixture. This is okay, it's got some of this um, <coughs> If um, you know, if someone wants to uh, go for a swim, they have the lifeguards here. The lifeguards put up flags. This is a superior place to swim. It's safe. It's fun. This is an inferior place. And this is a little bit in between. The other leave but the rear. Okay. So actually, <coughs> the, the whole world uh, functions actually according to this principle that in this material world, the material energy has three divisions. Uh, good, uh, bad, and mixed. You know, superior, inferior, and in between. And a person, in, and the distinguishing factor for humans is to actually have knowledge of these things. 
and to use that knowledge for discrimination and to um, make a choice between the best superior uh, aspect to utilise for what one is trying to do. And the same goes for food. Thank you. 
of the world, about three percent of the world's population, something, something like that. So <coughs> a government can rule like that, where most of the world goes without, and a few percent have more than what they need. So that's one way of doing things. Another way to rule is that you know, this this like so. Imagine running a family like that. You've got. One child that you're feeding, they always eat very nice. Another child, you don't care whether they eat or not, they have to sort of eat the scraps. And, um, you know, it just wouldn't happen. You know, so proper parenting means that you look after each of the children. And it doesn't matter that, you know, sometimes uh, one child may not be very um, highly intelligent or qualified, they may be. Challenges in life to help out. The parents make sure they get equal food according to them and what they require, nice place to sleep like that. So, of course, you know, good governments like that are supposed to be like the father or the mother <coughs> and uh, they look after the citizens in a superior way where everyone's interests are, are, are looked after properly. Good government would mean that they not only look after the people but they look after <coughs> planet. So the rivers, the air, the land, to make sure that, you know, because a bad government, if they destroy the country, literally if they destroy their own rivers, that's not very, you know, they, they make a lot of good wealth for a very few people who may then go and live in places with the nice flowing rivers <laughs> in another country, whereas the people have been exploited. I think that was mentioned in you know, a uh, talk about capitalism in the previous verse. <coughs> so, um, so actually, governments, you know, that also, you know, um, why do people vote the next government in? Why do they kick a government out? Because they consider this government is inferior, we want them to go, and we want a superior government in. So, actually, in government, you know, people acknowledge that one will be superior, one will be inferior. So in America, you know, they've got those who are coming up to elections, and they're considering do we keep the current person as superior, or do we put someone in who's superior? So that, that you know, so it, it goes without saying that uh, in government, not that anything anyone does is um, uh, acceptable. So, uh, and absolutely, as, as uh, uh, governments are very, uh, you know, we have the system of uh, democracy. <coughs> democracy, very good, gives a lot of you know, freedoms. There are also inherent problems that, as we discussed before, if you do have a population of people who don't consider what is proper, but just want to act for their senses. I want to do this, and I want to have that. I don't care what happens to the planet, I don't care what happens to this or the other. But if we all vote in numbers, we'll get the government in and all that is good. So the problem with democracy is that they, <coughs> you know, it has many benefits. But one of the problems is that sometimes they cater to people who don't know what's best for them. 
the, the reason we have a garden anywhere in the world is because everyone needs to follow those who know what is best and give what is best to people. Otherwise, why have a garden? So the very principle of government is that, that we're actually able to get the best. <coughs> so, um, you know, that, that is an inherent problem. And therefore, the governments of the world, it is their duty to understand what is superior, what is inferior, and also what is the nature of, you know, what the people in the country desire. And without being, um, you know, very too harsh on the citizens, but to somehow lovingly guide them in the same way the parents. And the parents, <coughs> they don't, well they shouldn't, it's like they don't, but <laughs> they don't beat their kids, you know, like, you eat your broccoli, oh, I'm going to get the stick, bang, 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 you know, eat your broccoli, you know, oh, I'm going to eat So, you know, uh, lovingly, and what they do, of course, is that by their own example. So you see in the Bhagavad Gita, in the uh, uh, <coughs> third chapter, and Krishna says that uh, verse 21, uh, <coughs> whatever action great man performs, common men will follow, and whatever standards he sets by exemplary acts, all will pursue. Now the third point, very nice, Prabhupada says that uh, people in general always require a leader who can teach the public by practical behaviour. A leader cannot teach the public to stop smoking if he himself smokes. I remember as a um, and this, this is also one of the difficulties uh, is that sometimes in a democracy if people have very short term wants, wants good economics and not much more than that they don't particularly care about the bad habits of the leader if they're going to give the good economics they will vote that person in because they have some ability to deal with them. Uh, problem is, if they have bad habits, people will follow, because people do follow. Uh, one of our previous um, politicians, who was, uh, I won't mention his name, but one of the most popular politicians uh, in the whole history of the you know, leaders, the prime ministers, but he was a, a great drinker, his real Aussie. Loved him. Uh, he drank a huge amount of alcohol. Uh, so people thought, well, you know, so that was encouraging. Yeah, I'm just like the Prime Minister. He drinks, I drink. That. So we're just, you know, I'm a normal bloke, just like the leader. Don't tell me I've had too many drinks. The Prime Unfortunately, it only came out after he passed away. 
there was some terrible secrets, uh, some very bad behaviour, uh, in which now he is one of the most unpopular uh, prime ministers. But uh, because sometimes what happens when people drink from the intoxication, they make some very bad mistakes, which he did. So, um, but as Prabhupada says here, a leader cannot teach the public to stop smoking if he himself smokes. Lord Chaitanya said that a teacher should behave properly before he begins teaching. One who teaches in that way is called the Charya or the ideal teacher. Therefore, a teacher must follow the principles of Shastra, scripture, to teach the common man. Now, when Prabhupada mentions Shastra here, in some of his different lectures, you know, he also refers to the law books of society as Shastra. So when, when you know, he was saying, you know, the, lead, the teachers, the leaders must follow the principles of Shastra. Uh, <coughs> we have uh, codes of law and ethics that leaders, politicians must follow. Um, persons appointed in authority by politicians must follow. That is Shastra. They must follow that. Um, just like recently one politician, he had to resign because the lockdown laws meant that in New South Wales you couldn't go, even if you had a holiday home, you actually couldn't even go there. In some states you can, but in that state you couldn't, and he was going there, and he got caught. And that was very bad because then other people would lose faith, and then of course they would do that, and then people's lives were at risk at that. The teacher cannot manufacture rules against the principles of revealed scriptures or the Shastra. So every society has codes of uh, uh, books which define this is proper in our society and this is not. And the leaders have to abide by what is considered in about many, many generations. This is proper, this is not. They have to abide by that. but also, uh, we're very fortunate that we have uh, scriptures like the Bhagavad Gita, which not only deal with the moral principles of this world, but also deal with the karmic principles of the personality of Godhead. The revealed scriptures like Manu Samhita and, and similar others are considered the standard books to be followed by human society. Thus, the leader's teaching should be based on the principles of such sastras. One who desires to improve himself must follow the standard rules as they are practiced by the great teachers. Right? So if one wants to improve the orange orchard, they have to follow the principles laid down. <laughs> How do you get good orange? If someone wants to follow good hygiene, they have to follow the principles laid down in order to get that. If one wants to follow uh, principles and uh, avoid, uh, you know, destroying the planet as they go about their business, one has to follow certain rules like that. Uh, the Srimad Bhagavatam also affirms that one should follow in the footsteps of great devotees, and that is the way of progress on the path of spiritual realization. And similarly, if one wants to become spiritually elevated, one must follow the rules and regulations of the scriptures for spiritual life. Um, the king or the executive head of the state 
The father and the school teacher are all considered to be natural leaders of the innocent people in general. All such natural leaders have a great responsibility to the dependents, therefore they must be conversant with the standard books of moral scripture codes. So that is accepted all throughout the world. And still, if you approach the average person on the street, who's perhaps not, you know, uh, on some, uh, you know, so, being, you know, if, if they're more acting according to their own, you know, what I want in my life, if you, you know, there's a lot of them, but if you approach them and you say, this is an inferior way of doing things, oh, how dare you tell me what I can and can't do? And yet the whole world doesn't function like that. The whole world functions exactly according to what's stated here in the Bhagavad Gita. We follow exactly uh, the same principles uh, that are followed throughout the whole world for time immemorial, as long as you can go back in history. And yet, strangely enough, the general population still has the view that, and, and this is where, if someone is a leader and they're living by this code, well, who can tell me what I can do? You know, I have ultimate authority, I can do what I, I want to do. <laughs> if they're living by that code, then it filters down right down to the you know, people in, in, in public. Oh, well, then I can do what I want to do. And, uh, so, um, you know, and of course that's, a, you know, uh, one of the problems with uh, democracy is that sometimes if you have a vast majority of people who are, you know, interested in very short, uh, limited uh, desires based around, you know, that I'll get this thing to eat, I'll be able to have this sort of intoxication, I'll get to have this sort of a sex life, this sort of a house, you know, you know, there's some, you know, um, uh, <coughs> entertaining things like that. If there's somewhat of a limited, then they can actually vote in that person, uh, a leader can take that position very easily and supply that to the person and both the leader and the uh, 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 you know, uh, people in general uh, can actually have this attitude that, you know, we're just, you know, who can tell us what we can do with like that? So then, and then it becomes a problem. Um, it's interesting what Prabhupada said in the previous verse that both the the you know the, the wealthy person, <coughs> the, um, those who control many of the capitalist societies of the world and exploit people for you know capitalism for profit, they and the workers are both capitalists. Mm. <laughs> so I'm not saying there's anything wrong with capitalism, um, <coughs> because but. Uh, As, as, as mentioned here, what, what Krishna says, <coughs> he says that um, <coughs> Osana Pita, so because Krishna is, Krishna, we, we speak of the Supreme Personality of God. 
We can call Krishna by many different names. Allah is the same person. Jehovah, different name, same person. <coughs> so the Supreme Personality of God here, He says, there is no work prescribed for me within all the three planetary systems. So God has no work. He has nothing, no work to do to gain something. Nor am I in want of anything, nor am I in need to obtain anything, and yet I am engaged in prescribed duties. So we see that the Lord or his representatives, they all engage in activities uh, very conducive to that people could follow their example. Um, and uh, further on in the Bhagavad Gita, expanding on the same principle, <coughs> um, verse 25, in this third chapter, says, As the ignorant perform their duties without attachment to results, the learned may simply act, but without attachment for the sake of leading people on the right path. So as not to disrupt the minds of ignorance, Attached with fruit of results of prescribed duties, <coughs> a learned person should not induce them to stop work. Rather, by working in the spirit of devotion, he should engage in all sorts of activities for the gradual development of Krishna consciousness. So, <coughs> the, the leaders understand that many people may be working, you know, just like uh, <coughs> a dog. A dog, generally, people know who you're taking a dog. <coughs> that dog is mostly acting for its own benefit. I will eat this. And you can't, you know, ask them to be vegetarian, so sometimes, sometimes they do. But, uh, you know, they, they like a bit of meat and a bit of this and a bit of that. And, um, you know, they have their own standard of toiletry habits and you know, cleanliness and what have you. So, you can't stop a dog from being a dog. Uh, but uh, the master guides the dog as to, okay, there are certain things you can do as a dog and there are certain things just not going to happen. <laughs> um, when I was on the farm, I had Right in that doorstep, he wouldn't enter that room. 
But there are certain things you, I just he, he used to love to chase cars that and the bikes that used to go along the side track. You couldn't stop. There was nothing you could do because he was um, he loved chasing cars. He lived for it. In fact, um, he was so uh, you know his consciousness was so fixed on that. He would sometimes bark. And that meant in five minutes the car was going to come. <laughs> so it's like about five minutes later, the car came down from the end. It hadn't even entered the property yet. It would come. And as soon as it sort of you know started coming in, he'd run, run up and then he would race that car until it stopped. And but he didn't follow behind, he raced in front of it. It's probably very fast off. And he would just run all day. Uh, from morning to night, he'd run, run, run. So you couldn't stop him. You know, but, and, and he was a particular type of dog, so border collie. Yeah. So, you know, border collies, if you, if you want to you know, live in a little flat in the city, don't get a border collie. Mm-hmm. They'll go crazy. They need acres and acres to run, run, run like that. That's why they make good sheep dog. So, anyway. Even what happened was, he was chasing uh, a, a bike, then, you know, a motorbike, they, they go through the bushes there, and they broke his leg. We had to get his leg amputated. So he got out, he got healed, I thought, okay, straight out there again. <laughs> right, within a week, and then he broke the toes on his other foot. Thought, well, we, you know. So you, you, there were certain things you couldn't stop, and certain things you could. So, uh, because he's a dog, after all. Uh, <coughs> but, um, so, you know, uh, the governments of the world, they understand that some people, they, they actually very addicted to things which are very inferior. There's some things, that, you know, the governments also understand that there's, you know, you know certain persons are very elevated consciousness and the, the government has to also cater for that um, and then there's some mixtures so therefore they have you know uh, rules and regulations according to the standard books of law and morality and, and, and you know, religion by which everyone is catered for uh, but by which things go on properly so, for instance, um, you know, in, in, uh, because in our home, because we have deity to the Lord, where we offer foods to the Lord, and everything has to be very, very clean, and it's considered even if an animal or a bird looks at that food, you can't offer it. You know, it has to be just purely for the purpose of the Lord, untainted even by the sight of anyone who looks at that food and says, this is for my enjoyment. So, of course, you know, in order for things to go on properly, at the highest level, for those who want to take care of it, then things have to be organised, even for those on the lowest level, that there's a certain limit of what's going to happen. I've seen, I've actually seen in the devotee's house where they had a laboratory, uh, and um, 
was sitting having a chat with them and they cooked an offering and um, you know there's a bunch of kids in that they're all talking, talking, talking and um, so while I was sitting there and everyone was distracted they put the offering on the altar and the dog just went and started eating from the oven bowl. So, you know, there's certain limits. <laughs> you can't, uh, in other words, people who are following something which is, you know, done with great discrimination, people who don't have that discrimination should not be allowed by the governments. Okay, they may suffer some problems, but it should not be, uh, be able to pervade society and especially those who are not, you know, um, who are acting with very high discrimination. So, uh, therefore, uh, but when persons that do behave uh, in such a way that they have very li little discrimination or mixed with discrimination, one way or another, the living entity in the spiritual world, the living entity is acts according to the, the, the nature of the soul in the presence of the personality of Godhead and everything is completely pure and wonderful uh, and spotless and transcendent without even any taints of the material modes even satta. Uh, uh, but when the living entity comes into this world, it's interesting here, you know, Prabhupada in one sense is saying by chance, you know, the dog will have a rich owner by chance the dog will have a, um, you know, uh, not get uh, food at all. So Prabhupada's bringing this point of chance, um, and that again is a common conception around the world, that by chance you were born here, by chance someone else was born here, they're very fortunate, they're unfortunate, it's just by chance, there's nothing else to it, therefore no one's at fault for where they are. Uh, now when Prabhupada mentions chance, uh, what he's, uh, of course we understand, that understanding the most material nature, as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, 14th chapter, all the living entities are what, you know, the Lord places them into the material energy because we living entities want to enjoy particular material desires independent of God. Uh, and therefore he gives us that facility and also gives us the facility to come back to our senses to, uh, through transcendental knowledge and go back to the spiritual world. But while we're, and therefore according to our particular desires, which we're responsible for, and uh, the, our particular activities, which we're responsible for the um, ramifications, we take birth in certain types of bodies. While we're in those bodies, there's an element of chance. Because um, one may be destined to take birth in a certain body, and then while there, uh, one may again, uh, you know, associate with the material energy and cultivate particular desires, which then uh, determine the next body along with which and that adds to all the previous karma and already the um, the desires are already there we're going to accumulate the next body 
but then they've added some fresh desires and some fresh karma. So by, by chance, they didn't intend to do that, nor, nor it, it may not have been destined. But there's a little, once you associate with material energy, you know, one can actually make things worse. Therefore, Prabhupada says, make the best use of a bad bargain. And the example sometimes given is that if you purchase a ticket to go from you know, Melbourne to New York, so your you know, destination is uh, set. But while you're on that airplane, you can make some friends, have a chat with the person next to you, um, you meet some people that give you a business opportunity, oh, you come to New York, come and look me up, end up with some nice business opportunity. You can do a silly prank and you know, like there's a bomb on the plane, <laughs> and end up in jail, and end up in jail when you get to New York. So, you know, the destiny is there, but actually by chance, you know, all sorts of other things can change, you know, the usual course of events when you get to your destined destination. So there's a certain amount of destiny and there's a certain amount of chance or free will that is there within uh, every living entity. And um, uh, because of that, the spirit soul from the spiritual world ends up in one body to the next because they're associated with the material energy by chance, their desires and their activities create a particular body which is superior or inferior. And what Krishna says, and what all the scripture says, is that if we actually follow principles that elevate us and protect us from degradation, we will gradually elevate, elevate, elevate. And on the spiritual platform, it is exactly the same. That if we follow principles, of always striving for the most superior uh, position, which is ultimately to not take birth again uh, in this material world, where by chance, like a dog, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but we go back to the spiritual world and in our spiritual body, we actually live eternally with all the associates of the spiritual world in the presence of the personality of Godhead, and we enjoy eternal loving pastimes without any of the difficulties, birth, death, old age, and disease of this material world. So I'll just leave it there if anyone has any questions or comments. Shall I? Shall we call